Welcome to the Plan Is podcast with me, Caroline Dunn. I'm a personal trainer, nutrition coach, yoga teacher, and a geek obsessed with learning how to live the biggest, fullest, most joyful life and helping you do the same. In this podcast, we'll cover fitness, nutrition, mindset yoga, and personal development because it's time to stop putting our health into boxes. It's time to care about the whole beautiful, messy you, mind, body, and spirit. The plan is to rise up, sweat, get stronger, be joyful, let it go, pause, laugh, try again, breathe, and do our best. I am so happy you're here. Hello and welcome to the podcast. How are you today? I am, as usual, wrapped up in my dressing gown. I literally live in my dressing gown when I'm inside the house and otherwise doing well. I got through a workout today and genuinely, (laughs) despite, you know, loving exercise, I hated every minute of that workout. (laughs) Glad that I did it and glad that I'm here. And today's episode topic I feel really passionate about. And when I first started learning about this information, it blew my mind a little bit. And I'm not saying I'm a researcher or even like a huge expert in this area of stress and stress cycles. But today I wanted to talk about this topic um, and share it with you because I'm learning about it myself. Um, You know, I'm a human with a deep interest in feeling better and sharing what I'm learning. Um, So if you want to go deeper from this episode um, about stress cycles, then I suggest you read or get your hands on a book called Burnout, Solve Your Stress Cycle. And that's by Emily and Amelia Nagowski, uh, two fantastic researchers in this area. So today we're talking about stress cycles and if that phrase doesn't mean anything to you then don't worry we're going to dive into that. Why do I feel so passionate about this? So interested, so intrigued, so this information is life-changing for me. Well the reason is this, in today's society I look around me and I see for myself that we think we can handle stress but we really don't handle it well. Like we think we can power through until we break down. We think we're strong until we're strong for too long and we think we're okay until we are so totally not. So that today is why I think stress cycles are important. And off the back of this episode, like if this was interesting and helpful for you, please share it share this information with someone else that you think could benefit from talking about stress, for dealing with it a little bit differently in their lives. Okay, so let's dive in to understanding exactly what a stress cycle is. And then we will look at some ways that we can complete some stress cycles. So the idea, first of all, is that stress and emotions have an actual physical response in our bodies so they're not just something that we feel and they're not something that our mind experiences our emotions like anger or sadness or despair or hope or joy 
they all actually live inside our bodies and they will live in a physical place. It's a set of chemical reactions. And that means that our emotions generally have a start and they have a middle and they have an end. And the analogy that was given to me was that our emotions are like entering a tunnel. And when we process an emotion healthily, then we enter the tunnel, we go through the tunnel and we exit the tunnel. And a lot of suffering, a lot of stress, therefore, especially the chronic kind, the long lasting kind, is when we get stuck in the tunnel, mentally and physically, we don't know how to exit. And this was a big eye opener for me because I kind of thought emotions, feelings, they're in my head. So to realize that they are in your body, first of all, made me reflect on, huh, so I've been living that way, i.e. I've had this disconnection from my body and that I think many of us has because we live in this perpetual stress cycle that isn't released or ended. And so there was kind of some sadness in really realizing the disconnect, but there was also like hope and power that comes from, ah, actually, I can choose to end a stress cycle. I can choose to get out the tunnel. I didn't really realize I had an option in that. I thought I was, you know, sat on the roller coaster uh, ride waiting for it to end and having no other choice but to sit with it. So it came as a bit of a revelation to me. So what might stress cycles that are not completed look like in our lives? Chronic stress that lives in our body often shows up in things like this, insomnia. Like I personally have experienced this where it just feels like a switch won't flip off in my brain at night for some reason and there's just big periods of sleeplessness and I know many of you will have experienced that as well Um, and it can come and go, it can be at certain times of the month but any kind of disruption to sleep um, is a physical sign of stress in the body or can be. Other common symptoms of this stress that lives in the body are things like nausea, irritable bowel syndrome or digestive discomfort symptoms. Often we can feel like we've got this constant simmering high level anxiety as well. And then also if you've ever experienced like a collapse or an illness that comes after making it through something tough. So like as a teacher that would be surviving through term time and then getting ill in the first week of the holidays. Now the way that was explained to me is that we didn't actually get suddenly ill. It's because actually we were ill with the stress all along, storing it in our bodies. And then when we finally stop and our immune systems are heard, like we have to take the time to recover. We feel it full pelt, all of the symptoms that we've kind of ignored up to that point. Now, I don't feel like I've neglected stress management entirely in the past and maybe you haven't as well so like as a yoga teacher I practice yoga breath work and exercising consistently but also they aren't the end of the story I think my experience of stress has actually been the biggest gateway into learning about my body 
So what do our bodies need? Now this goes into a bit of evolutionary past. So what our body actually needs a stimulus, which means like a sign, to know that the danger is over and it's now safe. And things in the past, they used to have a very much physical stimulus. So for instance, we'd sense danger in the environment and then we'd likely like fight or flee or freeze and we might run away and therefore that is movement and then we would stop once we were back safe again. And the movement and then crucially the stopping the movement is the signal that our body needs to realize that we are now safe. And therefore, to start to down-regulate all of those processes in the body that allowed us to make that fast response in the first place to keep us safe. So the issue is, in our modern world, our stresses just aren't the same. They don't have this physical component. So our mind might register that like, we've done the stressful thing, that's it, I've got through the meeting, I've pressed submit on the... I don't know, tax return or whatever it is. But our body actually has no way of knowing that that stress is finished. So also things like news notifications, social media notifications, meeting work deadlines. Like we get the job done, our mind's like tick, that's done. But our body doesn't realize that the stressor is gone. It's still living with and off that stress so we're stuck in the tunnel because we don't know that we can safely exit and some of us stay stuck in that constant state of fight or flight for days and weeks and months and that feels rubbish it does as someone who's been there like we're not supposed to live in anxiety and exhaustion and overwhelm all of the time so now we know what a stress cycle is this ramp up of the body to respond to something that should therefore have an end, we can do something about it. And we don't just have to use movement. That first one though, that we will discuss is movement. So we're going to look at maybe, I think it's five things that can help us complete the stress cycle. And the first thing is any sort of physical movement can help clear the stress from your system. And you don't have to like go for a run. Um, You don't have to go punch something. You can do something small to release it. And one of my favorite ways is to shake. And I don't mean shakers in colds, but like, where might you come across it? Imagine for me just shaking your hands. Like you've got wet hands. There you go. You're shaking your hands and you're shaking that wetness off your hands. That might be an example of a way to shake. If you've got a bit more room, a bit more space, maybe you don't have as many people around you, then you can stand still, let your knees be soft and basically bounce on the spot. And you're looking for the type of shaking that lets your limbs be heavy and wobbly. So you want that wobbly flesh and that can be a way to simulate that movement to help complete the stress cycle. Okay, so second way that you can use, second thing that you can use, and it's possibly my favorite (laughs) um I possibly use it every day if I can is affection and when I say I use it every day a long hug oh is there anything better than a long hug 
Now that long hug, they've even researched some of the best ways to go about this. So you're looking for a long hug that's about a good 20 seconds or more. And that is a long time. So choose someone that you're intimate with where you each hold your own center of gravity. So you've not kind of like collapsed into them. You're holding your center of gravity. They're holding theirs and you're holding onto each other for 20 or 30 seconds. Now, granted, we may have found this hard in the pandemic. So remember, you don't always need someone else to have some affection in your lives. You can use physical touch for yourself and have the same effect. So for instance, you might rub your arms, you might hold yourself in a hug, you might take both hands and press them onto your hearts. And all of those things can be a way of showing an affection for yourself. Okay, number three is positive social interaction. And this one comes with a small warning and that you need to be aware of the nature of your social interactions. So you can also use social interactions to stay in the stress cycle. So if you're using your social interaction, your conversation to justify sitting in a negative story or making an excuse, then it's not necessarily the type of interaction that's going to help you complete a stress cycle. What you're looking for with this one is to share your emotions or your experience with a trusted person who can sit with you through that. And again, another analogy that might help here. You're not looking for an experience where you are in your emotion. And imagine that's a dark room. So you're sat in your dark room. You're not looking for the type of interaction where someone comes in and switches on the light that offers you um, reassurance or um kind of justification sitting there like the quick turn on of the light you are looking for someone who can sit in the dark with you they don't need to respond necessarily they are listening and they are sharing and it's that common human of experience um just being human with them and sharing that so you're looking for the positive social interaction where someone can sit in the dark with you okay next one uh, oh, we've got three more. There's six of them. Number four is breathing. My personal favorite. And I also love that you can combine this one with some of the others. So you can do your affection and breathing. You can do your movement and breathing. It's one of the most powerful down regulators of our body. Um, I have to say... <laughs> Sorry about this one. Every time that we meet one of these, I'm going to say, this is my favorite one. Because <laughs> these are all lovely things, aren't they? So affection, breathing. Um, when we invest in a breathing practice, I do believe it changes our experience of life. Like I think we think we can breathe well because it's automatic. But actually, we're not good breathers. We are not even taught that there's a good healthful way to breathe and a breath that can make things worse and more anxious so when I'm stressed when I'm anxious when I'm stuck in the cycle and when I'm stuck in the tunnel this is what I notice and yours might be different but I notice that I start to breathe very shallow up very high into the chest and that can also make me hold my breath or skip a breath and that feeds a cycle of you skip a breath so your mind panics and then you over breathe 
And that feeds like this shallow skipper breath, shallow skipper breath, anxious mind, anxious body cycle. And that to me has got to the point where I almost feel like it's a struggle to breathe. Now, the ways that you can start to use your breath can be really, really simple. So just consciously practice a deeper, slower breath. And I feel like deep breathing is talked about a lot, but deep breathing isn't necessarily the answer. We're not talking about a breath that's like this. That can actually be a sign of stress, like that stress sigh. Slow the breath down. Don't just make it deep, make it slow. Make the exhale really slow. Put a hand on your belly and increase the connection with your breath. One of my most favorite and very short practices that takes like 30 seconds is a double inhale through the nose and then an exhale through the mouth. Um, And this came to my attention through um, a guy called Dr. Andrew Huberman's work. He's a neuroscientist and specifically his lab looks at easy 30 second ways that have maximum impact in our lives for dealing with stress. So that um, double inhale breath is known as Veloma, breathing in yoga. There is a breathing uh, episode called Veloma breathing, so you can check that out after this. But it basically looks like this. You take a normal breath in, force a bit more air in at the top and exhale out the mouth like this. Notice that long, slow exhale. Okay, moving on from breathing, we have two more. So idea number five to complete this stress cycle is creativity. And before you immediately perhaps say in your brain, I'm not creative, you are. Everyone is in their own way. Like you are creative. We often lose our connection to creativity very early. We're taught it's not necessarily important. Um, We're taught to be productive and to be serious and adult and all these things. Um, And then things like just art and music and painting get labelled as creative. But there's so much more to it than that. First of all, if you struggle to find your creativity, I'd ask, what did you enjoy doing as a child? Like I enjoyed dancing and I enjoyed writing. And then the other thing that holds us back is, remember you don't have to be good at it. You don't have to be able to draw a flower or perform a dance routine. You can create a story, a picture, a knitted item. And did you even know? Daydreaming is our creativity in action. Like our imagination is ultimately creativity. And therefore imagination leads into things like problem solving so you absolutely are creative just tap into your version of that and then finally our sixth one for completing the stress cycle is laughter now I find this one an interesting one so if you're at a social gathering even if with your we are with your close friends if you listen to the nature of the laughter Quite often, at least initially, most of our laughter is social laughter, isn't it? And that social laughter, like it has a role. It does have a purpose. The purpose is like being accepted and making others feel comfortable. 
But that type of laughter is not the type that we need in this context. To complete the stress cycle, you need that deep belly, uncontrollable, shaking laughter that we're a little out of control with. Like when was the last time you experienced that? So maybe you could watch something funny and just let that spontaneous laughter arise, like notice that difference. So finally, after sharing those six techniques, I just want to remind you that you're not starting from scratch here. You're not. You will already have some of these techniques ingrained into your days and into your life. So for most of us, it's not necessarily about doing anything drastically different. Maybe this episode, these ideas, they're about making ourselves more aware of how our body experiences life and how that can be different from the way that our mind experiences life. And that means we can therefore be a bit more intentional with how we use these techniques to improve how we feel. So I hope you have loved today's episode. I'd love for you to jump on social media. I'm at The Plan by Caroline everywhere and share with me what you found the most useful or if you have any questions. And again, if you want to dive into the ideas that we've covered today in a bit more detail, then the book I mentioned was Burnout, Solve Your Stress Cycle by Emily and Amelia Nagowski. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much and I will see you very, very soon. It makes me do a little happy dance to have had you join me in this episode. If you enjoyed it, then please subscribe, rate it five stars and leave a written review. I so appreciate it. And don't forget to subscribe to my mailing list also at www.theplancoaching.com so we can keep in touch. I love doing this with you and sharing the struggles, laughs and wins along the way. So I thank you for being here. And until next time, remember, life's better with a plan.